Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast. Join host Liz Myers and her guests as they explore resiliency through the lens of personal stories. Tune in weekly for inspiration and doable life hacks to overcome adversity and thrive in life. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. Hello, welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast, where we talk about how to win at life by building a stronger spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and I'm so thankful that you have joined us today. I'm very excited for our guest today, Connie Nepper. She writes children's stories. Her and her family are missionaries in Tanzania, East Africa. And she has so many exciting adventures and things to share with us <laughs> and resiliencies and challenges that she has overcome. So thank you, Connie, for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I have been so excited about this because I love bragging about God and telling yeah. people, you know, cool stories of what he's doing in Africa. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Thank you. So how, how is it that your family got to Africa? Had that been something that was always on your heart or was there a specific time when you felt called to do that? Well, we actually came without our family. We waited until our children were already graduated out of college or in college because we got married so young. Mm -hmm. um, by the time we were 45, everyone was out of the nest. And so we were ready to go on. My husband was a pastor for 25 years in uh, the States, in California, so it was just something that was always on our heart. And we prayed about it for many years, for 25 years, actually, I prayed that God would send us on the mission field overseas. Mm -hmm. Everyone's on the mission field, wherever you yeah. live, but yeah. I always wanted to go overseas. And so mm -hmm. my husband was preaching one time at a camp and it was about rest. And right in the middle of his sermon, he stopped and he looked at the congregation and he said, you know what, this sermon is really for me. So if you guys want to listen, go right ahead. But <laughs> this one's for me. And it's all about rest and trusting God with our paycheck. Cause that was the main reason why he was nervous about going overseas. Cause you know, you have to raise your support and all those kind of things. So he came home and he said, honey, I know what we're going to do now. I'm, I'm finally caught up with you. I want to go full-time on overseas missions from, from this uh, sermon he had been preaching. So from that moment on, we started looking and praying and seeing where God would call us. We didn't have a people group yet. We didn't have a country yet. We weren't sure. And um, we thought God opened the door to Ukraine. So um, we were working at a camp at that time. My husband went to the, the director, the executive director of the camp and said, we're going to be leaving, but we'll get our replacement. We'll, we'll train them. We'll do everything to make sure we don't leave you, you know, for the summer and things. We'll go through the summer. That's what our contract says. And he was like, okay, okay. A little bit not so happy about it, but you know, that's all right. So um, uh, the next week he calls Harold into the office and he says, uh, why don't you come on in and shut the door? And you know, if your boss ever calls you in and says, shut the door, not a really good feeling. <laughs> so he said, well, Harold, you know, you've, you found your replacement and you said you'll move out of your house because when you're in camping ministry, your housing is part of your salary. And we didn't feel right taking the house. And so we said, well, we'll just move into cabin 14. It's okay. It's a little falling down cabin, but first we need to sell all of our things. So the director said, okay, well, have you sold your things yet? The funny story is <laughs> Um, I am, a, I used to be a list maker. 
And I would write everything down. Okay, if we sell this, then we could pay for that. We can get our airfare. So I had all planned out. God, here's my list. Got to figure it out. And um, so one of the men at our camp came to our house and said, I'll buy everything so you guys can go on the mission field. I love you guys. I want to see you get to go. It's going to cost a lot of money to move over there. I want it all except for your Coca-Cola collection. Over the years, <laughs> being a youth pastor, kids would give him Coca-Cola paraphernalia. So we had yeah. tons of Coke stuff. So, so, so what did he you do with the Coke his... stuff if he didn't want that? <laughs> oh, 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 you, you hear it. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. That's good. Cool. Um, All right. So we, so, so we unloaded um, up the trucks and trailers. I mean, he took everything, beds, dressers, everything. And, um, drove away. And before he was leaving, Harold said, Oh, I know where you live. You can pay me tomorrow when you come to work. It's not a big deal. So, okay, we'll do that. So the next day came and he didn't come back to the work and the next day came and he didn't come back to work. And Harold's thinking, uh, I'm going to go to his house and see what's going on. So we went to his house and it's completely empty. The truck of all of our belongings was gone. So all the plans I had of my little list of selling everything so that we could go on the mission field was zero. Um, and like I said, what was left was a Coca-Cola um, collection. Mm. So the reason why we could move into Cabin 14, what we were telling the director, back up now, sorry, but was because we don't have anything, like we don't own anything, it's all gone. And um, so he said, well, you know, I'm probably gonna need that Cabin 14. And we knew he didn't need it. It was falling down. No child or youth could stay in it. And God had been telling Harold, and this is the verse that I wanted to share, and I'll probably share it again, but God had put it on both of our hearts. Uh, Matthew 11, 28 and 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So when Harold was sitting in the office, he said, all of a sudden, I just felt like, wait a minute, I could say, our contract's not done, you owe this to me, this is not right, blah, 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 blah. But he just kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, rest, rest in me. During this time of resilience, I'm going to give you rest. And so Harold just stood up and said, okay, we'll be out of the cabin. And where would you like us to live? And the director said, oh, and by the way, I don't think we're going to pay your salary anymore either. So you have a week to get off the camp. And so Harold came home and he goes, well, honey, um, you know, cabin 14, we ought to move out and we don't have a job anymore either. And so I, I, I like confrontation. I'm like one of those weird people that like trials. So I was, I was saying, oh, I wonder what God's going to show us. This is going to be so cool because whenever something big happens, something amazing comes out of it. Well, my husband is a little bit more grounded than I am. And so he was saying, okay, God, um, I totally have to rest in you. I have to 100% trust in you. I cannot figure this out. Well, our um, girl that was a lifeguard, she came over to the cabin as we were moving our little bit of clothes out. She came over and she said, ah, I hear that you guys don't work here anymore. And my dad, he's one of the biggest builders in um, Big Bear. I'll just say the town um, in Big Bear. And so he might have a job for you, like a little flunky job or something. So Harold said, hey, I'll take anything. I'll empty trash. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I got to have a job because we know we're called to go on the mission field. But 
and we also need to eat. You know, it's one of those things. So we met with the, her father and um, super nice man, godly man. And he said, well, Harold, do you know how much were you making at the camp? And Harold told him and he said, ah, I'll pay you that. And Harold said, no, I'm not a builder. Like I can, he's handyman, but this man builds multi-million dollar homes. And he, my husband's thinking, I can't build those things. And the, the man said, he goes, oh, don't even worry about it. I, you know, you come take a knee every morning with us, pray with us and God will show us what you need to do, but I'll just pay your salary. So then he said, and um, where are you guys going to be living? I hear you kind of have to move out. And Harold said, I don't know. This happened just a few hours ago and we're just trusting God and resting in him because we cannot figure this out. So he said, well, my family, they own a cabin on the lake up in Big Bear and nobody's using it right now. So you guys could just stay there for free. So we're thinking, you know, the little cabin on the lake, which is, hey, it's better than cabin 14. And so we went up to move our little bit of clothes in our Coca-Cola collection. Remember, we still had the Coca-Cola collection and move that in. Come to find out, this is a two-story, gorgeous home on the lake with a seven-person hot tub inside the house wow. and flat screen TVs before those were popular because this was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was you know, jaw drop, like what? We get to live here for free? And both of us just fell to our knees praising God because Harold said, you know, any if I would have pushed because I had every right to keep that job, I had a contract and he was breaking the contract. If I would have pushed, we'd still be living in cabin 14. Wow. But because I decided to rest and trust in God during this very difficult time mm. and um, God had this blessing for us. And so for the next five months, we lived in that cabin, raising our support, getting our people that wanted to support us to go on the mission field um, overseas and go to school. And we had to go to language school. You know, there's a lot of things you do. You don't just show up. Right. Um, and I, all of it costs money. And so that Coca-Cola collection, we sold it and it paid for us to live for five months. Really? And it was all we needed. Wow. Yeah. We didn't need the salary, um, or we didn't need cabin 14. We didn't need the camp. We didn't need any more than that Coca-Cola collection and what Harold was making at the, um, you know, building homes or well, holding mm -hmm. at the home site. Yeah. God gives us exactly what we need. Wow. That's, and so that's crazy. That's a great me, message though. Yeah, it was, it, it was just, it was crazy. And then, oh, more happens. And then, <laughs> Um, we have to go get a physical. And so the missions organization we were going with, they said, you have to have a full physical before you can live in Africa or any overseas country, which we understand. That's fine. So my physical went fine. Blood worked great. So we got a note from the doctor or, you know, an email from the doctor saying, Harold, you need to come in. We need to test your blood again. So went in, tested again. Harold, you need to come in. We need to test your blood again. So we're like, okay, what's going on? And he was feeling fine. We didn't have anything, you know, any symptoms of anything. And so they called him into the office and they said, well, we really can't, you know, we can't okay for you to go because it seems like you have hepatitis C and you can't go to another country with hepatitis C. Well, you know, not to be rude, but my husband, he's never done drugs. He's, he's never even drank. He, he's like, Straight as an arrow, <laughs> and yeah. um, so that he not, would say, not "Where did I?" Get, 
yeah, no, no, no. I was like, where did I get this? And yeah. so they finally figured out it, he was a wrestling coach before the days of wearing gloves with blood and everything. And so he cleaned up a lot of blood off the mats without wearing gloves over the years because he, yeah. he wrestled and then he coached for about 10 years. And if you have a hangnail or anything like that in your fingers and the blood gets in there, you can actually get it wow. through blood, obviously mm -hmm. through blood, but we didn't know that was how. And he, oh, he also shared fingernail clippers with the kids on the team. You know, okay, everybody clip your nails before you go out, blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? So they figured that's where he got it. So they sent this to a specialist because his liver had enlarged and it was dangerous. Like not only were we not going to be able to go on the overseas mission field, but now my husband was going to die. And so I just like, no, this is not God. Remember the list I wrote? You already threw that away and provided in a different way for us to go. Yeah. Now, can you please kill my husband? And so I was working for a large organization then, um, a youth ministry organization. And I just put it out all over the world. Pray, pray, pray. So we went to the specialist and they took a, um, a liver biopsy and they said he had things on his chest that showed it wasn't good. So they said, come back in two weeks. We'll talk about your, what we have to do. In other words, how long you're going to live. Because they said it was that bad. His liver was that bad. So he prayed and prayed and he came back. And the whole time, Harold kept saying, honey, we have to rest. We have to rest in this. God knows what he's doing. We have to trust him. We can't get all, you know, weird about this and, and thinking that we're not going to go. God called us. It's going to work out. So we went to the doctors and he said, um, could you guys come in and sit down? Uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, it seems from the blood work that we did today and from the biopsy, it's gone. Like You don't have it anymore. And he tested his liver and, you know, felt around everything. And his liver was, had shrunken down to the right size. They, they did a whole bunch of tests that yeah. I'm not a doctor. I don't understand. But anyway, his liver was the right size. Hmm. And he said, this doesn't happen. When doctors send you to me, that's when you're counting the months or whatever that you're going to live, not that this is now healed. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just started praising God like, yes, thank you, Jesus. I knew we were going to get to go. And the poor doctor he wasn't a believer. He's like, okay, yeah. Oh yeah. That's what we can say. That would be good. He didn't know what to do with me. It was so funny. So, that's great. So it was just a, another confrontation, confirmation that we were headed in the right way. The reason why I tell you these stories, it's not that we're just normal people. We're nothing extra special about us, except for we're children of the King. And we love Jesus and you do too. That's, we're the same. But the reason why God used those kind of stories in our life is because when we got to Africa, many things over the last 18 years have happened through pioneering a new ministry that if we didn't have those to look back on and know that we know he called us here, we could have very easily given up because there's just been one attack from the enemy, everything from witch doctors to being threatened to, um, you know, the government saying, I mean, just lots of things that I, you know, I can't tell you, but um, lots of things that happened. But every time we had that peace and every time we said, okay, we're going to rest because mm -hmm. God showed us in the beginning, no, I've healed you. I've called you. I'm teaching you. I've taken away all of your personal, um, you know, uh, uh, what you call it? Physical things in your right. life. Material so goods. you can just gaze at me yeah material things so you can gaze at me and glance at the situation mm -hmm. and that's pretty much 
um, yes. for the last 18 years. That's what we hang on to is that we know gaze at God, glance at the situation, mm-hmm. rest in him. Yes, life is hard. It's hard everywhere. United States, Africa, wherever you are, life is hard. But in that, when you're resting and trusting in him, he shows up in huge ways, huge ways. We, we would have missed so many blessings. And, and I'm sure we've missed some when we don't do that. We're not perfect. Yeah. When building a resilient life, the first step Liz coaches people to take is to spend time daily with God. When you seek God consistently, he will show you the best next step for your journey. If you'd like a peek at how Elizabeth connects with God regularly, download her free prayer guide and journal at elizabethmyers.me forward slash prayer guide. You can now have the same journal Elizabeth uses every day and make it your own. It's like God had his own training plan for you before launching you out into the missionary field. And he kind of took, sounds like he took your list and ripped it up. And he's like, I got my own list (laughs) of I want to do this, this, and this in your life to prepare you for the work that you're going to be doing out there. I love that. And that that's such a great message, especially for this year with all the crazy going on and every, you know, everybody's under pressure for multiple things. Mm -hmm. And um, I I love how you put that to gaze at Jesus and glance at the circumstances and boy, do we need to do that today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything that's going on in the States, I feel safer actually here in Tanzania right now. Yeah. You guys are going crazy over there with all the virus. And we don't even have the virus here. Like oh, we don't really? wear masks or distance or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, praise God. It didn't make it. We live out in a village on the longest lake in the world and mm-hmm. there's no factories or anything like any big city where people would come and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't have to deal with all that. But we pray, pray, pray for America because... Mm-hmm. You guys, I have lots with the homeschooling people having to be at home and mm-hmm. uh, I mean, people homeschooling that never homeschooled before right. and all those kind of things. We really know it's got to be tough, but, mm-hmm. but hang in there and it only gets better. It really will. The trials are still difficult and they still come, but you get this power in you when you are trusting and resting and it just, it, it holds your head up. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't help but gaze at God. Because you literally don't have anything else. And I think that's exactly where God wants us. That's where Mm -hmm. Jesus says, now we can do big things, Mm -hmm. you know? And and one of the things he's done here, which is amazing, is um, we have a a primary school for 225 uh, street kids Mm -hmm. in our village. We got here, there was no school for them. And the government said, oh, why do you care about them? They're just like dogs. And we, you know, they'll never amount to anything. Well, you want to get my blood going, tell me yeah. kids are worthless. Right. And I love kids. So um, God put it on my heart to start a school. Well, I have no college education. So, you know, it's like the least likely person that's going to be able to do this. I love Jesus and I love kids. And I said, okay, between those two, we're going to do this. And it took, it took about three years to get the registration, get the building built, get everything approved. And there was one barricade after another on that. But I didn't give up. And said, no, this is for the kids. This is what God wants for these kids. And now we're the number one school, this side of um, Tanzania. Tanzania is like in three parts. Mm-hmm. And we're the as far uh, west as you can be. And so we're right on the border of Congo and Burundi. Anyway, we're the number one school. And we're this little school out in the bush. We, we always do great on the national exam. All of our kids pass, which is a miracle right there. Because usually... Oh, yeah. If you have one student pass in your class, the national exam, you're having a party. All of ours every year pass, get placed wow. in high school. They learn about Jesus. 
they get Bibles, they learn the word. So when they leave, they're not only educated, you know, math, science, and those kind of things, but they're educated in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And now it's totally run by nationals. Like I, for the last two years, I haven't even run it. Yeah, I go over and check great. on it and you know, do some fun things with the teachers and bless them with goodies and mm-hmm. play with the kids and read, read my books to them and stuff. But um, do you have graduates from the school that come back then and, and help with it or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We have That's graduates awesome. that have come back and um, uh, we've got people that are nursing school, doctors, just all kinds of stuff that, and they're coming from little mud huts that don't always even get food. And now they are able to get good jobs, be leaders, help provide for their parents. And um, we have a big HIV. Um, yeah, lots of people die from HIV. So we have a lot of orphans mm-hmm. where, where we live, but now they're growing up and making a difference in their communities and in their country. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. But my friends always laugh. They go, out of everybody we know, you're driven. But how did you do this? And I said, I don't know. God just said, <laughs> God did it. it. And so yeah. we did it. Right. <laughs> yeah, God did it. We didn't do it. Yeah. So that's what I always just, say. We don't have to be adequate. We just have to be willing because he's all sufficient. So I, yes, we're inadequate and that's okay. Amen. We all are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just go. I always tell people, get out of the boat and walk on the water. It's okay if you don't know how to swim because right. Jesus' hand is right there and he's he's got great things. You know, when when Christians tell me that they're bored or they're not sure what to do, I always say, shame on you. Bored? <laughs> how can you be bored being a Christian? There's yeah. nothing boring about being a believer. Yeah. There's always something big in the horizon. And it may be big just being at home, homeschooling your kids, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Loving on your own children, teaching them about Jesus, making sure that they know and they're saved and they, they know how to um, present the gospel. You know, that you don't have to come to Africa to do big things. Right. I was just thinking this morning as I was going for my walk that, you know, if, if we ever have goals or dreams that are small enough that we're not like totally dependent on God to show up, then we're thinking too small you know, that we need to dream bigger (laughs) than that, because Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to depend on ourselves. We're not supposed to have it all together or be all sufficient. It's all about God showing up and doing it so that he gets the glory. Because I I don't want the glory. I want it to be obvious to the world that I'm just a screw up kind of person, but God is awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, And something I learned years ago, I really truly don't want the glory. And I know you don't either. And a lot of my believer friends don't. But I do want to get the jewels because I don't know if you've thought about this. You probably have, but you know, the crown that we're going to get and all the jewels we're going to get is because we are invited to a party in heaven and that party, you always want to bring a gift. Well, God is giving us that crown to lay at the feet of Jesus, right. a crown that we didn't earn, that we didn't do. And I just love picturing that. Like when I get to heaven, I want to have lots of jewels because I want to say, Jesus, Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, you did this for me. This is the least I can give to you. Yeah. But God even provides the gift to go to the party because yeah. we don't have a gift. And the, and the <laughs> wedding clothes to wear to the feast, the robe of righteousness. The, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. exactly. That's great. Yeah, so. I, so we're a military family. We move around a lot. And, uh, you know, in the Psalms, there's a verse that says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. We kind of took that and reworded it a little bit, but so we always say, unless the Lord moves the house, the movers move in vain. So after 25 years of marriage and we have, I don't know, 14 (laughs) or 15 moves under our belt and we're getting ready to face another one soon in a couple months. um, 
it, it looks so daunting and it looks over, you know, I have my list too. If I need to do this, 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 the last two nights I've gone to bed going, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm missing something and I've prayed and prayed about it. And I think it's just that I have an amazing number of details to remember right now. So I feel like I'm missing some of them, but um, anyway, it's just yeah. so encouraging to see how God has taken care of us in the past. And that gives us hope for the future that why would he stop now? You know, it's, it still looks daunting, but Hey, he showed up at every other move. He's going to show up this time. So I love with your story, how even before right. you launched out into the mission field, he was showing you, I've got this like rest and chill out. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's resting me. I got it now. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also led to me um, during the lockdown, even though we didn't have the virus here, our president wouldn't close the churches in Tanzania. He said, no, you need to be praying and fasting. But if you have any uh, medical problems, like I have asthma, it's just during the winter because I'm old. And so I just stayed in the house right. because I didn't know if it was out there or not. There's no ventilators here. There's no medicine here. We don't have doctors. Mm. So I really didn't want to get the virus. And, um, mm-hmm. but it was cool because during the, I was in for two months. <laughs> I was feel like I was in jail for two months. And I'm sorry to say that because you guys have had it a lot yeah. worse, a lot worse. Yeah. But for those two months is when I wrote my children's books. I, uh, I'd never written anything. Nice. And so um, God put it on my heart to write books to um, raise awareness and proceeds to feed our kids. Because during those two months, our schools had to be closed. Mm-hmm. Again, even though we didn't have the virus, they were all anticipating it was going to come. Right. And so the kids that they get their meals with us, they're their breakfast and a nice big hot lunch and a hot breakfast on the weekends, they don't hardly eat at all. And so when the schools close and you're watching, I'm walking around going, honey, we have to do something. These kids are starving. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have food for this long. Mm-hmm. So I just sold a bunch of books and we use that money to feed them. So it's mm-hmm. been really exciting to see how yeah. um, God said, no, you just write these books. I'll take care of it. And yeah, sold enough awesome. to keep them. So tell us a little bit more about yeah. your, your books. I checked them out on Amazon. They look really cute and fun and, uh, you know, just like it would be a blessing to read them and, oh, you got them there. Great. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I grew up is a family devotional. It's two weeks. It's really for, um, their raw stories. Cause they're about how the kids came to us. Some mm-hmm. of them, you know, starving, some of them with diseases and stuff, but this is how they look now. Oh, Very happy. Yeah. That's and then, awesome. <clears throat> and then at the yeah, I just love my kids. She just graduated mm-hmm. from our school and high school now, so that's cool. But at the end of each chapter, there's discussion questions, and they give the families a challenge. Like one says, for a whole day, no phones, no social media, no television, no nothing. For another whole day, no food. For another, you know, just different mm-hmm. things to stretch your kids and mm-hmm. and um, ask them questions and get them discussing. And then the other one is, a, it's a three book series, but I only have two of them. Okay. I just got my books. I launched these back in August, but mm-hmm. we don't get mail. Like you can't ship uh, them to us. So yeah. a friend of ours is visiting. He brought them for us. Oh, wow. But these Thanks. are, um, yeah, they're fiction, but they're, um, they teach you the culture. So they, you know, you get to learn how they cook here in fun ways. The little monkey tells the story mm-hmm. and you learn how they share their food with um, families and it also teaches you in this one it gives you a recipe how to cook ugali the main food and then also how to eat it oh so nice. the kids really like this because they yeah. get to learn how to eat it that's, that's the fun. little girl one and then the little boy the little boy one is he makes a toy out of what we would consider garbage and 
some of the can comes alive and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But this one, this is my first book and it's more for ESL students and um, little, little people. And then the other two are for like four to eight year olds. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, I wrote all these during the um, virus. You've been busy. I I told you I had nothing to do. Did you illustrate them Um, also or did someone do that for you? Oh, no, no, no. I had somebody do it. Um, Get your book illustrations. I put a plug in for her. Karen, amazing illustrator. I mean, look at these. These are beautiful. Mm-hmm. This are one, beautiful little dude in your shadow bugle a day. Yeah. Um, yeah I was going to have you pronounce Swahili that. words. Because that's. Ah. Oh, Swahili? Well, the, I Swahili, saw the title, yeah. but I'm like, it's how do you say shlugala bugala? <laughs> oh, yeah. Little dude in his shagala bugala. Shagala bugala. bugala day. That's Swahili. Okay. Yes, so what does that problems. mean? Problems. Okay. Problems. I love that. Problems I can just say like, I'm having a shagala bagala day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. And that's a, or when he's always getting in trouble from his sisters, uh-huh. from his sisters, they're always he's always saying, Oh, shagala bagala. Oh, oh. I can't do anything right. Like everything goes wrong. And oh, I like that. I'm gonna borrow that word. Yeah, shagala bagala. It's a fun word. It anyway, is. those are my books. You can get them on um, my website. They are on Amazon. But um, for the kids, it makes a lot more money on my website. 100% okay. of it goes to the kids. And so I direct people to the website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, great. So and I put that um, link in the yeah. show notes, but it's just yourname.com, right? Oh, good. Connie, Connie Nepper, is that? Yeah, ConnieNepper.com. Okay. And there, yeah. there's, if you're yeah. listening, there's a K in the Nepper, <laughs> just like knight or knife. Oh, it's, so. yeah, it's C-O-N-I, not C-O-N-I-K-N-E-P-P-E-R. Okay. But, Excellent. And yeah, I have those in the show notes. Uh, we're kind of out of time, but man, I'm bummed because I've really enjoyed listening to your adventurous stories. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have a ton more and I would love to just oh, yeah. sit down and talk <laughs> with you for hours. <laughs> we could yeah. do it sometime. Yeah. We're friends. <laughs> yeah, we should. Or we can have you back for another show yeah. to, to tell us another story, but uh, that's really great. Thank sure. you so much for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much, Elizabeth. God bless you and God bless your ministry. You're doing great. I love it. I listen to all of them. So thanks. It's really, really good. Yeah. All right. Well, those who are listening in now, we thank you for your attention today. I hope that you were as blessed by Connie's stories and adventures and overcoming trials as I was. And uh, let's work together to remember to rest in our trials, rest in God's grace and trust in his love. And we will see you next week. Thank you. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with Liz Myers. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by the guests of this show are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Elizabeth or Resilient Life Hacks Ministries. To learn more and download your free guide to Liz's top 20 Resilient Life Hacks, go to resilientlifehacks.com. Subscribe now so you never miss the life hacks you need to live the life you want. Music.